The world seems so unstable, so insecure. Everything is changing way too fast. But there are some things that are steadfast, things that never change. God and His Word. Join us as Pastor Randy Rehm shares truths from God's unchanging Word. They're still stuck on what they see with their physical eyes. Do we not know Mary and Joseph? Have we not seen his mom? Seen his dad? We know he has brothers and sisters because the Bible tells us that as well. We've seen them. Yeah, you, you guys are still thinking physical bread. You guys are still thinking it's the physical. Because God hasn't worked in you, believe. That's all you can see. So, gets down to verse 44. Look. No one can come to me, believe in me, be given to me, unless the Father who sent me draws him. And you've heard me talk about this. You can look it up for yourself. Don't believe me. The word draw is the word to drag. And I will raise him up in the last day. You, you, guys, you guys aren't getting it. I, I know you're, you're just looking at, my, at Mary and Joseph and you can't see it. Why? Because the Father hasn't drawn you, haven't drug you to me yet. No one can. That speaks to ability. It doesn't speak to choice. It speaks to ability. No one can. Not no one will. No one can. All right? Come to him. Believe in him. Unless. Now that unless appears three times in this passage. But the most significant one is in verse 65. So unless the father draws him. Now, in verse 65, unless it has been granted to him by the Father. Two different aspects of it there. I want you to understand, Jesus gives this idea. Now, this is about the Jews in particular. But if God does it with Jews, he can do it with anybody else. Okay? And in Romans chapter 9, Paul deals with the idea of oh, those of you that might think this is unfair. And... and Mark 4, 11 through 12, the disciples have asked him, why do you speak in parables? And here's Jesus' answer. To you, his 12 disciples, it has been, given, has been given the mystery of the kingdom, but to those outside, they get everything in parables, so that... Now he's telling the reason that they... And he quotes scripture. While seeing they may see and do not perceive. While hearing, they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and be forgiven. I'm speaking in a way to make sure they don't get it. Wait a minute, that's not fair. For some reason, we think God's obligated, or at least Christ is obligated for some reason to make sure the wicked get it. Because God closed their eyes in John chapter 12. We'll get there, but I'm going to read it today anywhere. He's actually quoting from Isaiah. But though he, Jesus, had performed so many signs. Remember, what are they asking for? A sign. He's, by this point, so many before them. Yet they were not believing in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, which he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report, our witness? 
And whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Who believes? Who does God reveal himself to? Okay, who? Where are they? For this reason, they could not believe. No, not. For this reason, they would not. No. They could not believe. For Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes, he hardened their hearts, so that they would not see with their eyes and perceive with their heart and be converted and I heal them. These things Isaiah said because he saw his, God's glory and spoke of him. Did you hear that? God purposely closed the eyes, the understanding of particular the Jews when Jesus was going to be on the earth in the incarnation, when he's preaching. He purposely closed their eyes. That's not fair. You know what that means, don't you? Those people that heard and eyes were closed went to hell for eternity. He didn't say this. Uh, they closed their own eyes. They decided not, they wouldn't take it and believe it. That's not what it says. Don't put words in there that aren't there. They could not. Why couldn't they? Because God closed their eyes. That's hard for us to accept. But it's still Scripture. Again, Romans 9 deals with this. When we, I, Paul knows our response to God's election, God's choosing of who is and who isn't His, who's given to the Son and who's not. And he uses Jacob and Esau as an illustration. It says, Jacob, I loved Esau. Hey, before either one of them born, before either one of them did anything right or wrong, before this, and then it says, and you're going to say, is God unjust? That's not fair. So Paul expects people to respond this way. So when we're on the prophets here about Isaiah, Jesus goes on to say in verse 45, it is written in the prophets that they, shall be, they all shall be taught by God. Well, who's all? All those who are taught by God. Everyone who is heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Everyone the Father gives to the Son will come. They can't come unless they're drawn, unless it's granted by the Father. Okay? And all those who hear and actually learn from the hearing comes. All who has heard from comes to me. Period. Then verse 46 through 58, he, that's where he does this whole metaphor about his flesh being the bread, and you got to eat of his flesh. Okay, that's through that section. And then in 63, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. In what context? The context of coming to him, to believing in him. Okay? The flesh can't do it. It profits. It benefits nothing. Your intellect doesn't matter. Your previous experience, that ain't what does it. The words that I have spoken, the words that I have spoken are spirit and life. But, verse 64, but, he's, he's speaking words, is he not? Is he not talking to them with his voice? Are they hearing words? Okay. 
spirit and life. The words he speaks are the spirit and life. But there are some of you who are hearing right now that don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who would not believe. That's the general, that's overall general population. All of, He knew from the beginning. If you want to know what the beginning is, go to Ephesians. From before time. Uh, uh, okay. In case you forgot, that's how the Bible begins. In the beginning, God. Okay, Jesus has already declared himself be, to be eternal earlier, and that's why they accused, one of the reasons they accused him uh, of be, claiming to be God. All right? From the, before time began, he knew who was his and who it was that would betray him. The reason he ties that in, he goes down in the last few verses of the chapter down there, he speaks about Judas. Okay? He was saying, for this reason. What reason? Because I know some of you don't believe. Some of you will not believe. Why? Because all the Father's given me will believe. And you don't believe because the Father obviously hasn't given you, haven't drawn you, haven't granted it to you. For this reason, I say to you, no one can come to me unless it has been granted from the Father. I know some of you don't believe but this is what i'm telling you you can't unless it's granted by the father now i to you, i know you're going uh, we can read pastor i can i know that's what it says i understand that okay but there are many who blow by these things and don't see that at all because of a preconceived idea they put onto the text a preconceived theology no one can there's that phrase again no person has the ability unless it has been tense. Give me tense. In English, we call that past tense. In Greek, it's called the perfect tense. That is, an action completed in the past with results that continue into the present and even into the future. It's a permanent thing. Unless it has been granted in the past and is permanently granted too from the Father. Well, when was it granted? I would suggest to you from the beginning. That's how Jesus knows who it's been granted to from the beginning. Next verse. Now, I know this is hard to accept, and Jesus knew it too. As a result, as a result of what? What Jesus has just said. Okay. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him. Now follow me. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and I will lose none. These people walk away. Were they ever given? No. Otherwise, if, if, if they were true believers, that's why it doesn't use that term. It uses the term disciple, student. Okay? If they were believers and they walked away and lost them, Jesus is lying. Jesus himself knew people would have trouble with this. So Jesus says to the twelve now, do you want to go too? Do you want to leave? Now he knows the answer to that. And Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? For you have the words 
of eternal life. Oh, Peter heard it apparently. He apparently learned and heard it, was taught by God. He apparently was given to the Son. He apparently, it was granted to him. Apparently, he was drugged to. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Now, I know people have difficulty with this, but the clear and explicit words of Christ say the ultimate cause of faith in Him is God's electing grace, not man's choice. So when God says, I'm giving these to the Son, that is God's grace. No one deserves, no one has earned the right to be given to the Son. Okay? Your flesh profits nothing. The flesh cannot. It's God's grace. He chooses before the beginning, in the beginning, who's given to the Son. That's what it's about. We like to think it's about us, the ones being given. Because God loves us so much. We're just so lovable. Okay? No, no, no. It's about this. Those God elects is a gift to the Son. The Bible also calls it inheritance. It's a gift to the Son. The ability to believe, put your faith in Jesus, requires divine enablement. And I use the word enablement because the word can here. Over and over, sorry, you can't. The flesh can't. So therefore, the ability must be given by the Father. Okay, So only those who the Father enables only those who he gives can come to jesus now wait a minute everybody gets a chance to accept jesus or not well except for those he closed the ears and eyes for they didn't have a chance or pharaoh that's one of the examples in romans 9 where he says well, look at pharaoh was raised for this purpose not to listen not to see it, not to hear it. <gasps> How dare it? That's not fair. Nowhere in the Bible does God say he's fair. It says he's just. He's just. So allow me, um, there's just or justice. Then anything outside of that would be, we would say, is non-justness. Out there somewhere, outside the circle of Justice, okay, is mercy and injustice. See, mercy is not justice. Justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is, I don't give you what you deserve. Injustice is you deserve it and I don't give it to you. Let me put it another way, okay? The criminal's caught standing before the judge. Now, modern judges, I don't know if they can give mercy because the law dictates some things, but, but he can be a just judge and give the criminal what he deserves. But if the criminal did this awful thing and doesn't get punishment, we call that injustice. Not fair. Don't confuse fairness with justice. 
Fair means everybody gets the same. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. Just look at your house and look at somebody else who's got a bigger one or a smaller one. Look at your car, look at your income, whatever it is, height, appearance. It ain't the same. God's not a socialist. But just he is. So he can give mercy without being unjust. Everything, here's justice. Everything outside justice is non-justice. Out here, non-justice, okay, is injustice or unjustness and mercy. He can be just and merciful. He do, justness isn't countermanded by mercy. He gives us mercy. He chooses those he's going to give to the Son out of his grace and his mercy. They don't deserve it. Nobody deserves being chosen by God. Nobody deserves His mercy and grace. If you do, it negates mercy and it negates the meaning of grace. They don't mean anything anymore. So, so we, we have a problem with that because uh, you've used our governor as an example. Okay, you got so many... Well, every president does this at the end of their term. They, they pardon somebody. Because they pardoned one guy, does that mean they're morally obligated to pardon everybody? No. Mercy was given to the person that that president decided to pardon. We, we know it'd be crazy for him to pardon everybody. That, that, that's not right. Okay? So, so everybody out there is guilty. They don't deserve his pardon, his grace, his mercy. And he pardons one, two, or three, however many. That's totally fine. He is still just in this sense. You didn't get by with it if he selects you. If God decides to give you to the Son, you didn't get by with a thing. Okay? Why? Because your penalty was put up on Christ, so he is still just because the debt was still paid, but you didn't deserve that Christ should pay your debt. And Christ's per perfect life is given to you. The, the non-guilty thing is given to you. I know we struggle with that, but Jesus himself says, as a result of this, some people up and left. But that's all right. You weren't given anyway. No, that's sad. I'm going to be honest. That should break our hearts. That there's any person out there that wouldn't be chosen by God, that wouldn't believe in Jesus Christ, that wouldn't come to him, that they're doomed for eternity in hell. Here's the problem. I don't know who. They, Jesus knew before the beginning who, but I don't. I don't know who that is. I don't know what family members, what neighbors, what people in my workplace. I don't know who. So I'm going to preach the word of God and the gospel to every last one of them. Because Romans tells me that's how God draws them, drags them, grants them. It's through preaching of the gospel. So I'm going to preach it to everybody and let God do what he does. Let the word accomplish that thing for which he sent it. It's guaranteed that it will do that, okay? But the other part of this, I think, that really stands out is when Jesus says, I lose none. Do you realize what that means? Is my eternal destiny, my I will raise him up in the last day, my eternal destiny is secure, not in me. It's secure in Christ, that, that's the thing. I, I, wait a minute. You don't understand. 
Peter just makes a declaration at the end. We all know what Peter does, right? I swear I never knew him and uses a few choice words. I don't know him. I have no clue. But before he even did that, when Jesus looked at him, he says, and when you're restored, go encourage your brethren. I know you're going to feel like, Peter, that somehow you lost it. Somehow or another, Jesus had lost one. No. I guarantee you when it's over, you're not lost. My eternal destiny of being raised with him in the last day, really, that's what we mean by the word saved. What are you saved from? The wrath of God, Romans 5. You're saved from the wrath of God. When I am raised from the dead and stand before God, I don't face that wrath. I am saved from it. Right now, I'm not saved from that wrath in a temporal sense. And since God's outside of time, you'd have to say, yes, I am. So we do use that term. But it's a statement about what happens at the resurrection of all the people. I'm saved from that wrath of God. That is secure in the work of Christ, not in what I do. Well, preacher, you're just giving people license to sin. They can go out and do what they want and, and do all kinds of whoremongering and debauchery, and you're telling them they're still safe. No, I didn't say that. Because the ones uh, uh, that were stayed, the ones that weren't left. Okay? The result of his choice of some is others leave. Okay? My heart gets transformed when Christ comes in, when God grants me that belief, when God gives me to the Son. He makes me a new creature. The old has passed away. The newest, there's a new creature in me. We call that regeneration of born again. That new creature seeks to please God. Now, before he regenerates, can't be done. The flesh profits nothing. It can't do it. So therefore, I have to be born again before I can even believe. But it is that, is that born again that transforms who I am on the inside. Do I still falter? Do I, am I like Peter under times of pressure? Give in. And those moments of temptation, I want this thing more than I want Christ, because that's really what, when we sin, that's really, in that moment, in that moment, I want that more than I want this, and that's where I go. We move towards our inclinations. Okay? But that isn't what, it didn't save me to start with my actions, and they don't sustain, preserve my salvation. Christ does that. And all I can do then in response to that, this new creature and says, I want to live for you. I want to do what the Father has commanded me to do. I want to live like you've asked me to live because of what you did for me. If you think you're born again and you live how you want, you're not. Yeah, I said that. You're not. If you think grace means you can go out and sin all you want and you're guaranteed you know, into the pearly gates, sorry, you're, you're not regenerated. You don't have the heart of Christ in you. You still have your heart in you. Your flesh is still dominating you. But I thank God. Okay? Yesterday I was retexturing our bedroom, bathroom, and there's a, this thing you, you fill full of, it's called mud, but 
It's what they put on walls, you know, the texture they put on walls in a house. And you're holding this thing, and it's, you know, 30, 40 pounds, and you've been up here for an hour and a half, and you're, you're killing it. And then the stupid thing stops working. You're halfway through the job, and it just... <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, my thoughts were not the best. I'm serious. that They weren't godly at all. Now, I have the whole area room taped up, so you can't... I've got to untape the window, climb out the window... Take the thing with me outside. It's full of, full of this stuff, so i got to clean it with a hose, take it apart, fix it. And I'm telling you, that whole time, my attitude was not right. My heart wasn't godly in that moment. But you know what? Christ did not lose one of His. My attitude don't save me, and my attitude does not take me away. Now, I do do this. As I'm climbing back in the window, I do this. God, I'm sorry, man. I know that, I know that isn't the heart of Christ. I'm sorry that isn't the right attitude, God. I, I don't want to live that way. I don't go, well, you know, I'm in, so I can just keep... I knew that. I knew that my salvation is secure in Him, not how I respond in a moment. That changed my life. That doctrinal truth that Jesus presents here also in chapter 10, so we'll be doing it again, okay? That changed my walk with Christ. People think that means you'll want to go. No, it doesn't. When you understand it's secure in Him and you mess up, you go, oh, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ, the perfect life that He gave. I, I thank you, God, that He sustains my eternal state, that I don't because if it was up to me, God, I'd be in trouble, but I thank you, God. That makes me want to live for Him when I recognize it's Christ who holds my destiny in His hand. In Christ alone, we sang that. It's He who holds my destiny, not I. Let's stand. Lord, I pray that many that are watching, listening, sitting here, that you open their heart, their minds to this truth. Maybe they were raised in a church background that taught something different, that the son could lose some that the father would give him. But God, I pray that you open their eyes to this liberating truth that Christ explicitly professes for us. God, that liberty would come so there would be no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And in it, God, then our daily lives, whether we, we live right or we live wrong, those moments even when we mess up, your name is glorified. Even in our sin our errors and mistakes. We thank you, God, that Christ is glorified in all cases. And in his name we pray. Amen. This is Stephen Wilson, and we want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope you were blessed by today's message. Truths from God's Unchanging Word is an outreach ministry of Kindred Bible Church in Caldwell, Idaho. If you would like to listen to other messages by Pastor Randy or learn more about Kindred Bible Church, visit kindredbible.org. Our prayer for you is that you grow closer to Christ as we study the truths from God's unchanging word.